mad, bro? No, why? You mad, bro? No. You march madness, bro? I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What is up, Happy Lifer? Thank you for joining us again this week. Oh, so we're right in the middle of March Madness. Is your team still in it? I only got to watch a game and a half today so far, but I have my team recorded. So when I'm done here recording this, I am going to go back down and watch it. But March Madness is a big deal. It's about the only time of year that I will actually watch basketball. Um, I got a lot of friends that like to watch it a lot. And I had a friend that used to love the Sonics. Remember them? Seattle Supersonics. Remember them before before they got sold to Oklahoma City? Sorry for all my listeners in Oklahoma City. By the way, we've had listeners this last week and last couple of weeks in, in Italy, South Africa, China, Canada. Take off, eh? So it's kind of cool. We have listeners from everywhere. So for my listeners in Oklahoma City, well, you win, we lose, I guess. But um, talk about March Madness. That was the case around here when when Howard Schultz sold the Supersonics to Oklahoma City. I used to go watch him a lot with a friend of mine, and uh, he loved basketball. And so we would always go down, and we wouldn't scalp tickets. We were the opposite. We would find people that were selling tickets, and he'd get a really good deal on them, right? So is that legal to do? <laughs> I hope so because I'm, I'm talking about it on a podcast. If it's not legal, I read about it online. Um, but <laughs> we would always go and watch the games, and I loved watching them live. But I don't lo- like watching them as much on, on, um, on TV. But I do like March Madness. So I thought, let's do a podcast on March Madness. And so I want to talk about something that I think really affects our happy life or our lack of happy life, all on how we respond to this one thing. But it isn't just in March. It's a madness that goes on all year long for a lot of people. Second half still to come, but now we go over to our special contributor, Phil, for the latest upsets. Phil. Oh, and what an upset it is, guys. My wife is mad at me, and I don't know what I did. I tried to text her, and I saw that she read it, but she hasn't responded yet. So she's upset. I'm upset. I guess that's why they call it March Madness. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about anger now. I'm talking about madness. I'm not talking about insanity. However, in a lot of ways, a lot of my anger, I can talk for me personally, a lot of my anger really is insanity. When I think about the things that I get mad at, it's kind of insanity. It's kind of silly. It's it's kind of ridiculous. You know, it's funny when, when you're riding with someone who has road rage, you know, you want to roll your eyes and say, relax, right? But when you're driving, it's a completely different ballgame. Have you ever noticed that? And I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, it's easy for me to get mad at things. But when someone else gets mad at those things, I'm like, why are you mad, bro? You know, I I wonder why they, they want to get mad. But when you're in that situation and, you know, they say love is blind. Well, I think anger is too, because they're both extreme emotions. 
when you're in an extreme emotion like that, being blind means it's hard to see anything else. You know, I used to have a band director when I was in marching band in high school, and man, we would we had a great marching band. We we were in Mason City, Iowa, which is said to be where I believe River City came from in the Music Man, right? Seventy six trombones in the big parade. I was the seventy six trombone too. I was that's how bad I was. I was like the worst one. But we would put on a big, um, you know, people would come to Mason City, which was supposedly River City what that movie was written in from the town Mason City, Iowa and we would have a big parade and we would have dozens if not hundreds of, of bands from all around the, the state and even the country come to march in it um, and then every every home game at football we would we would learn a new marching sequence and we would spell out the letters to our team and then march in such a way we'd spell out the letters of the opposing team facing their stands and so it was great but I had this conductor man that scared me he was ex-military and he was an older guy at this point and i don't always drew well with drill sergeants man you people in the military you are studs um it would probably it would probably destroy me in the first 30 minutes right but he would get up in my face and he would say hayes that makes me see red and he would just like makes me see red i mean i don't even know what that even means i was just embarrassed in front of all these people and and sometimes when we get angry we we can look silly but when we're the angry person we don't think we look silly or we don't care how we look because when that emotion that extreme emotion gets riled up whether that's love or affection towards somebody or or anger or depression man when we were in the middle of those things man it's it's hard to see clearly love is blind. I think depression is blind. I think anger is blind. I I think despair is blind because when we are in those emotional states, that's about all that we can see. And when I look out there, you know, there's a lot of anger out there. Man, there's a lot of anger out there. And if you don't believe me, just go on social media right now and see how many posts you have to find before you find one where people are starting to spout off. Man, if I just mention politics, man, or mention driving, or if I just mention a certain team, you know, professional or college, or whatever, boy, you can get people riled up. And it, it feels like a lot of these days, a lot of, a lot of times we, we're angry unless somebody agrees with us. And it's like some people can give their opinions and other people can't. But if someone else gives their opinion, it's opposite my opinion. You don't agree with me, then um, I will call you names or I'll get angry at you. And, and, you know, if we could just walk in somebody's shoes for a little bit and understand how they feel, and we'd probably end up we could see how they got to where they got, but anger can destroy our happy as fast as anything, if not even faster. So I wanted to talk about March madness. You know, we always say April showers bring what may flowers, right? We say March is a, is a month that it says in like a lamb out like a what a lion, or if it, in like a lion, out like a lamb. In other words, March is usually a crazy month. You know, you'll have really great weather and you'll have really nasty weather. And it, it, it seems like however March starts, it ends the opposite way. If, if March starts with really nasty weather, it usually ends like weather that feels like it's summertime. And if it starts with really nice weather and you're all excited because spring, it feels like it's coming early, summer's coming early, and then your hopes get dashed because it seems like the last half of March is exactly the opposite. If it came in like a lamb, it's going out like a lion. Well, I am hoping that this podcast will 
help those of us that struggle with anger. And I think we all do, honestly. I think we have a misnomer about anger, that that anger means I'm red in the face and the veins are popping out of my forehead and I'm pointing my finger at somebody and I'm swearing at them and I'm yelling at them. And so if we don't do that, we feel like, well, well, I'm not angry. Well, there's a thing out there called passive aggressive as well. I mean, there there are more than one ways to skin a cat. There is more than one way to get angry. And I feel like there's a lot of anger today that that comes in in and. It, it literally saps the strength right out of us. I, I don't know if sometimes I realize how much of my energy is being drained because I'm using it on being angry at someone or angry at something. So I am hoping that our March Madness, if we were starting with with these anger, that we can also turn that. And I believe that we actually can by knowing just a few things. I was talking with a friend of mine about 15, 20 years ago, and I don't know if I'm going to remember all the details of it right, but they told me that they had just read something that said that of all the symptoms, the people that are in the hospital, the symptoms that they have for being in the hospital, it was something like, it was over 50%. I thought it was somewhere around 65 to 75%, somewhere around there are the people, their symptoms could be directly related to anger or unforgiveness. I was like, what? Let's say that's way wrong. Let's say it's double wrong. Let's say it's only 35%. Let's say it's 25%. I mean, I think there's a, a lot of things and, and, you know, we're medicating our society like crazy. Now I'm almost afraid to do a podcast on anger because when I'm angry, the first thing I want to do is blame somebody, right? So if I'm talking about anger here and you find yourself getting angry at this podcast or, or you find yourself shooting this podcast down now for some reason, it could be that you're struggling a little bit with anger and you need to go in like a, a lion and out like a lamb, if you know what I mean. Um, so for me to, to talk about anger and put it out there, uh, I know I'm, I don't poke the bear. You know what I'm talking about? I feel like that's what I'm doing. That's why in a lot of my posts, when my team wins, um, over the playoffs, I'll really put it out there because I don't want to poke the bear. I don't want to, my team won. I don't need to rub it in everybody else's face, right? And the same is true with elections. When my person wins, I don't, I don't put it out there, out there. When my person loses, I don't put that out there either because I don't want to poke the bear. I don't want to create more anger. We have enough of that already. But man, even if a portion of that is true, and this is a very reliable source that gave it to me, um, and I reached out to them and said, do you remember where you got that from? And they couldn't remember. It was so long ago. But there is a lot of a lot of stuff that, that we are struggling with that are that could be related to anger. I mean, think about when you, what does anger do to blood pressure, right? What does anger do when, when someone has a heart condition or they went through a stroke or whatever, you keep them away from the games, you keep them away from watching things that are going to stimulate that could possibly stimulate their anger or, or whatever, because there are so many things that, that our anger, that our unforgiveness can actually cause hurt and harm and sickness and, and disease. And I'm not saying that everyone has a disease came from anger or, or uh, unforgiveness, but I'm saying there's probably a lot more of it out there than we want to admit. We want to, we want to blame the hurt and the pain and the anger and the disease. But sometimes we really need to point the finger back at us and say, wait a minute, am I angry at something? What is going on with me? Because anger will come and not only steal your happy, it will steal your health if we, if we let it and we don't deal with it. So I don't want to just talk about anger in this podcast. I, I want to give us some things here that could actually help us turn our lion into a lamb, take our March madness and turn it into March gladness. So 
First thing I want to tell you, and you might want to sit down before I tell you this, and you're probably not going to believe me. You might, but there's going to be many, I'm pretty sure, are not going to believe me when I say this, because we have been taught the opposite in a lot of ways. Honestly, I think we have, but the Bible says differently. The Bible says that God, okay, you ready for it? God wants us to get angry. What? He does. Ephesians, it's in the New Testament, it's near the end of the Bible, says this, Ephesians 4, verse 26 says, be ye angry. It's like a command. Be angry. Get angry, doggone it. Get angry. But you got to keep reading. It says, but do not sin. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. That's from the, uh, from an old English translation, the King James Version. But I want to read it to you from uh, a couple other translations. In the message translation, it says, go ahead and be angry. This is in the Bible? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you, man. It's in the Bible. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry. That's why God wants us to be angry because it does us well. Holding it in and saying we're not angry only makes it worse. Some sickness and and harm that we do to ourselves comes not from us getting angry, but from us staying angry. Because he says, you do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge and don't stay angry. Other translation says, but do not sin your anger. Do not let the sun set on your anger. Imagine if we got angry, but before we went to bed at night, we decided that we're not going to be angry anymore. My wife and I made a pact when we got married, and we're not, we're not always perfect on it, but we're pretty good at it, to be honest with you. If we're mad at each other, we, we, it's just hard for us to go to bed when we're angry at each other. It's just hard to sleep when you're angry at somebody because it affects you, right? But I love how this translation says, you do well to be angry. But don't use your anger as fuel for revenge and don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. What's a foothold? A foothold is a small, tiny little thing. I mean, I don't know if you saw that movie recently. Is it called Free? What's it called about the mountain climber? I don't remember. But how a guy climbed Yosemite that, that called, is it called the rock? Whatever it's called in, in Yosemite. But anyway, you can, he climbed the mountain without any ropes attached to him. How did he climb the mountains? Through footholds. The little fissures, the little holes in the rock, little cracks in the rock. And if, if you, all you have to give is a little crack, man, that, that anger causes a little crack. You give the devil that kind of foothold in your life to, to begin to conquer you, to begin to rule you. That's what, when anger is, when ang- love is blind, when anger is blind, we are being ruled by anger at that moment. We don't care how we, we're not even thinking logically anymore because it's basically taken over <laughs> and, and, and told us what's up, right? Verse 29 of Ephesians 4 says, don't let any evil talk come out of your mouths. Say only what will help to build others up and meet their needs. Then what you will say will help those who listen. When God wants us to speak, he wants us to help those who are listening, right? Well, when you're angry, do you say things that help build people up? I know I don't, and I don't know many people who actually can. That's why he says, go get angry, but do it right away. And don't sin. Don't hurt anybody. Let good come out of your mouth. Instead, if you believe in God and you believe in what he said, those are his words. Those those aren't mine, right? So let me tell you what I do. I find a place where nobody else is around, okay? 
And oftentimes that means I get in my car and I go for a drive. My brain turns on when I drive and I let it out. I let it out. If I do it where people are around, if we, there's so many times I want to post something online and I want to get angry. I just want to let somebody have it. You know why I don't? Because my wife says I shouldn't. Because I've learned love is blind, anger is blind. So when I'm in one of those states, I better get some help from somebody else. I better get some advice from somebody else. And I can't tell you how many times I've shared with my wife and say, can I post it? And she'll say, no, don't post it. In fact, she's sitting in the room with me right now. I begged her to come up here and sit in the room with me to listen to me say this. Because I didn't want to say anything that's going to hurt somebody more, that's going to cause more anger. I don't want to just be stupid and throw out a bunch of my opinions that aren't going to help people. I want to say right? I want to say, I don't want, I do not want to let any evil talk come out of my mouth. I want to say only what will help to build others up and meet their needs. That's what I want to do. So I'm having my wife actually sit up in Happy Life Studios right now, helping me to make sure that I'm saying this in such a way that I I, I don't want to hurt anybody, but I want to help us let go of this anger. But how do you tell someone who's angry to let go of anger it's a tough thing, man, because it's blind. You can't see anything. All you It makes me see red. All you can see is red. So I get a place, if, if I release my anger online, if I release my anger where other people can hear it, see it, feel it, whatever, it's probably going to be bad. It's probably going to be sinful. Now, I do have a few people in my life that let me, that I trust well enough that just let me vent and it's a safe place. But I never do it in public where people don't know me. I'll usually go for a car ride and I'll just let it out. I'll say why I'm angry. I let it all out. And I'm telling you what, in the middle of the Bible, is the largest book in the Bible is called the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms is so much is about the author getting angry at God, at people, at his enemies, at, at idiots, at jerks, or whatever he wanted to call them. But then chapters later, after he got angry, he'd come back and he'd correct himself and he'd say, wait a minute, pull back. You know, stay in your lane, bro. You mad, bro? I mean, the book of Psalms is like that. I am so mad, God. I'm just, you need to do this to those people. You need to fry these people. You need to blah, blah, blah. It was like a social media. It was like Facebook for back in the day, right? He would he would get all angry, but then after his anger came out of him, he was able to drink in the pureness of, of, of love and of acceptance. When we let go of the unforgiveness, we can receive forgiveness, but we can't receive forgiveness when we're holding on to unforgiveness. In the same way, we can't receive peace when we're holding on to anger and we can't receive gladness when we're holding on to sadness so god wants us to be angry but he doesn't want us to hurt anybody he doesn't want us to sin when we do it he doesn't want us to say anything in our anger that's going to affect somebody else but that's why i say it between me and god or between me and my wife or somebody else that that can handle me getting angry in front of them and the last thing I want to say, there's so many more things I could say. And if you guys enjoy this and you'd like me to do more podcasts on on anger and stuff like that and what I've learned about it, because uh, I do life coaching. I coach a lot of people on this very topic. I've been coaching people on this topic for a long time. And a lot of people have thanked me profusely because I've been able to help them. Well, you know why I've been able to help them? Because I've walked through it myself. And honestly, when I'm in an angry state, I need someone to walk me through because anger is blind, right? We have to help each other. So I'm only going to give you one more thing here because I've gone long enough already. But the second is this. Anger comes from unmet expectations. In other words, 
I expect you guys to respond a certain way to my podcast. I expect you guys to be polite, to be courteous. But if I stepped on somebody's toes here, I said something insensitive or I made somebody even more angry and they fire something back at me, I'm going to get angry. You know why? Because I had an expectation that they shouldn't treat me that way. They should treat me with respect. They should say, see, that bothered me a little bit. Can we talk about that? Right? I have an expectation that when I come home at, at night after working or, or when I've been gone from a trip that my wife is going to treat me a certain way. Well, what if she's had a bad two weeks while I've been gone and all of a sudden she doesn't act a certain way. So we make these expectations. Every one of us have them. You, you can't not make an expectation. There's always expectations. We always think someone should treat us this way or a conversation should go this way or our career should go this way or we should we get angry at ourselves because we think I should know better. I should act better. I'm sorry I did that. It makes me so angry because we have expectations on ourselves, right? And we get mad that when those expectations don't happen. Um, so expectations are normal, right? But what we need to do is when the expectations aren't met, uh, so if I come home and my wife doesn't treat me, you know, she's had a bad day or my boss is, is treating me poorly or I'm not getting the respect that I, that I feel like I should get, I'm going to do whatever I can. That expectation is like this box, right? I'm going to do whatever I can to get that person inside that box. I'm going to do whatever I can to get that, 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 that boss to respect me or to get my wife to tell me what I want her to tell me or act how I want her to act. I'm going to do whatever I can to get her in there, but I'm not in control of other people. I can't control them. I'm going to try. And if they don't get in that box, you know, I'm going to ask that I'm going to beg and then I'm going to try to manipulate. I'm going to try to force. And, and that just gets worse. Isn't it just easier to move that box to where the life actually is? Isn't it just instead of trying to force people to fit into my expectations of them, instead of trying to force life into the expectation I have for it, wouldn't it just be easier to move my expectation to it is what it is and then work from there? For instance, I come home and I have an expectation toward my wife and she doesn't respond that way. I have to go, wait a minute. Why is this bothering me? And why am I expecting her to respond this way? So if I go and talk to her, Babe, I was hoping, you know, you were going to say this. I was hoping we could go out tonight. I was hoping, are you okay? What's going on? If I will take the moment to find out what's going on in my wife's life, and if she'll be open enough to tell me, all my anger is going to go away, and I'm going to move my expectation to a different place. I'm going to say, babe, I didn't realize that what I said bothered you, or I didn't realize you were having a hard time while I was away. Man, I am so sorry. And if we will walk a mile in someone else's shoes, if we could just feel their pain for five minutes, our attitude towards them will begin to change. And so when I have expectations and I can't control those expectations, I can't control those other people, then instead of trying to control them and get them to fit into my box, I need to move my box to where they are. And I need to make sure my box is made out of cardboard, not some heavy steel vault that you can't get in and out of. I want my box made out of cardboard so that I can knock those walls down really easy because sometimes life just doesn't go the way I want it to go. And so when I realize anger is there for a reason, uh, pain is there for a reason. Believe it or not, when I speak in schools, um, I often tell them, you know, pain is our friend. What? Pain's my friend? Yeah, it's your friend. Because if you break your leg and you don't have pain, you're going to keep walking around on it until you damage it so much, you'll lose the leg. You put your hand on the stove and you have no pain and the stove is on. Pretty soon you start, what's that? What is that? Is that smoke? It smells like something's burning. Like, oh, yeah, my hand's on fire. Wow. I'll take that off the stove. I mean, right? I would lose my hand. When I put my, my hand on the stove and it's on, pain says, take your hand off of there. 
Anger is trying to tell us something. Wait a minute. You have some expectations that probably need to be changed. I'm not saying we need to settle for second best, but I'm saying I can't control you. I shouldn't even try to control you. Now, I have expectations how how our relationship should go with each other. But when that doesn't happen, then how about I move my expectations? You know what love really does? When, when I come home, so I'm sorry, I keep I keep talking about my wife here, but it's just I'm just going to keep this illustration going here. But when I come home and my wife doesn't answer to my expectations, right? I need to move my expectations to where she is actually at. And it's real easy to do when I start talking to her and find out why she's feeling the way she is or why she's doing what she's doing. And then when I when I feel her pain, when I walk a mile in her shoes, so to speak, um, it begins to change things. And I move my, you know what love does? Love says, instead of I'm going to manipulate you, or I'm going to force you, manipulation isn't love. What's selfish love? It's love about me. It's not a love about you. And I'm trying to manipulate you. Manipulation is a selfish love. It's a love that's all about me. But love that's unselfish takes the expectations and moves them to where that person is at this point in their life. And truth is, if we were in their situation, we were we had their personality, had their history, had their heart, their experiences, the, um, we would probably end up in the same. There's a We used to say this all the time when I was growing up, but we'd say, but by the grace of God, there go I. In other words, if I was in your shoes, I'd be in your shoes, right? I'd be probably doing and feeling the same way that you are. Love doesn't work so hard to get someone to come into my expectations that I have up there, which are natural for me to have, right? But love is saying, wait a minute, I'm going to not only move this box to where you are right now and lay aside my expectations and, and let's move them to where you are. I'm also going to tear those walls down and say, hey, this is where you are. Let's both be here together. So this March Madness, I want to talk about March Madness, and I want to help us. If we're marching in angry, I want us to march out happy. If we're marching in madness, I want us to march out in gladness, in like a lion, out like a lamb. And you will be happy too. I hope this helps you turn your madness into gladness, because that's what Happy Life Studios is all about. We need to help each other. Mapa, you must be mad. What's the matter?